Brought to you by Hug House Productions. Previously on Desperado. We officially became part of the Nova Circus, where we met friends and mentors and made ourselves a home for the price of a broken nose and an allegedly sprained ankle. After three months among family, the circus had to move again, and we, of course, followed. Marcus announced the circus would have to move just after one of my rehearsals. I was perfecting my routine with two other knife throwers from the circus, and had asked a few people to be our test audience. And Elio was actually included in this number. Yeah, as the fucking target. They cuffed my wrists and ankles to a spinning thing and just threw their blades at me. Yeah, because even if something went wrong, blood shield. And for some reason, I had to be shirtless, wearing a bow tie, like... They were one step away from asking me to put on bunny ears at this point. I did suggest it. Sure, yeah. I mean, whose idea do you think it was to have you shirtless? Are you kidding? No. No, got it. Okay, are, are, are you kidding? Because I just strip in front of an audience every are other night for kidding? almost... Are you kidding? Who gets a chest tattoo and doesn't want to be shirtless? I didn't get a chest tattoo. I killed a priest at the top of a pyramid and it happened. Do you not like it? Of course I do. Have you seen the details? It's fucking sick. Well, that's that about that then. If you really didn't want to do it, nobody could have forced you to. I... What? You know he's right. I just thought I'd be cooperative because I wanted to be included. See, I don't think Elio's a prude, but I bet he has a dozen past lives who are. So there must be some subconscious conflict there. Yeah. Because nobody asked you to throw your jacket at the audience that one night, you were having fun. Was one of your past selves a stripper by any chance? Because I know Samar did not teach you that. No, I just felt like doing it. Would you like to be a stripper? Nope. Aww. Aww. I'd love to be a stripper. Why is that? Because I have to kill a god, Gigi. That... I would rather do anything else that's not a that's not a nickname no nobody calls me that i want the record to show right now that this is not a nickname oh, what's wrong with Gigi? what i liked about being on the stage what i really liked was that i got to be that person the audience saw in me just a performer with no burden and 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 being liked that was something new oh yeah big time the applause it's just, it's a drug. Yeah. I have a controversial opinion. Wouldn't be the first. Surprise me. I actually enjoyed London. Really? Must be nice. Just why? I mean, sure, yeah, from his perspective, I bet it was great. Uh, he got to... Let him talk. First of all, the city is beautiful. We wanted witch architecture. And we got floating skyscrapers flying vehicles we got trees with shining sap shining from the inside artificial waterfalls microclimates in different neighborhoods the streets were filled with moving art and short-lived illusions it's which are mostly tourist traps for people to stop and stare while they get pickpocketed cameras everywhere witches everywhere pretty cell is still jail beauty is beauty elio enjoying it doesn't make me naive I never understood why Marcus insisted on bringing the circus to the center of witch's power. But... Oh, I brought it up. Really? Yeah, London is massive. And London attracts a lot of people. So that means travelers, refugees, and also allies. So the path is very active in this city, right under the Queen's nose. Yeah, Marcus got us at least five new 
cast members during our stay. About a dozen people left the circus. Yeah, they move a lot of people through London. And as for our trip to the city, it was delightfully uneventful. We packed our stuff, got on the road, and drove there without a single trouble. And I have to admit, I was also very curious to discover London. We had a hotel. We had an entire hotel at our disposal, owned by a friend of Marcus's. And, and in between shows, we got to visit the city. We got to buy our own clothes, grab street food and cocktails, and it was so much more than I could have ever wished for. You got a taste of being young in a city. It was special. Yeah. The night of our first show in London, when we saw the crowd waiting at the door of the theatre, their tickets in hands, I realized how much of a madman Marcus really was. Hiding us in plain sight, like making the public love and admire us. Just who, who does that? But about a week after our first show, things got complicated. It started like every other night. We were backstage and... The quiet silence, full of anticipation, stretching or applying the last makeup touch-up, and Marcus warmed up the crowd, and the dancers and the acrobats took the stage. We had a clown come up between every act, and the order went dance, aerial silk, uh... Me. Right, then the knife throw, strongman trapeze, then closure. But we never got to the closure that night. No, and it's my fault. I wouldn't say that. Well, I would. I trained with Malik for three months. I developed my own skills. I didn't even need Sandy's power to throw my daggers anymore. I could do it by hand. I learned discipline. I practiced fasting. I meditated. I stopped drinking. I cut out all the things that Sandy reveled in. Even dancing. But nothing, absolutely nothing, could have prepared me for the applause. And as my knives kept hitting every bullseye, as the public gasped and their eyes widened, I came to an understanding. I was the child of a fever dream. My very essence came from the drunken revelries of my ancestors. My god spoke a language that had no word for excess and even to me, it started to lose meaning. Something snapped. I started laughing and laughing and I couldn't stop. What was I doing? What kind of fool spits on a divine gift? And why was I being dragged down to this bland, colourless existence that all those hairless monkeys were just powering through? Who were you all to tell me to stop? No. No, 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 no. If the crowd wanted more, they deserved more. I looked around the stage as Elio was making his entrance ready to be shackled. I had about a dozen throwing knives carved out of bone and already planted in their targets. I raised my arms to the side and called them all back to me. I didn't hide. At Nova, we did the impossible. Backstage, I saw Marcus freeze. He looked at me and said that we might have to pull you out. One thing you have to remember is that London being the witch's capital, it is built accordingly. Most buildings had doors and balconies only accessible from ceiling entrances because witches fly everywhere, and that theatre was no exception. They didn't even have to pay for a ticket, they could just show up and sit up there, and there was a group of them every night, so the fucking spiritual containment unit was watching, and Talia pulled a magic trick. But, a magic trick basic enough that they barely frowned at it. It's not rare for civilians to know some basic witchcraft, so I assume they thought it was... just that. I tried to make eye contact with Talia, but you just started. 
juggling with her knives while I was being shackled to the target and oh, the, the crowd loved it. We decided to wait. I mean, in your state, we had no idea how you could react to being pulled backstage, and we certainly couldn't risk a confrontation in front of the SCU. Eddie was barely shackled before I threw my first dagger. An assistant was charged to attach me every night, and you almost bit her hand to the target. I know. And I threw every other knife on beat with the stage music. Closer and closer to you. When I ran out, I called the blades back to me. And I did it again. And again until there was a constant chain of knives being thrown and pulled. And I twirled in the light. I started dancing and the crowd's applause started rising and rising and... The lights went out. Technical difficulty, we called it. But as soon as the current was out, Marcus threw every ounce of his power at you. Malik and another wrestler ran to the stage and pulled you back before you could recover. I was freed and met you backstage and saw a favorite necromancer try to wrestle her way out of Malik's chokehold. Talia? Talia, listen to me! What's going on with her? Before Marcus could answer, a flicker ignited in Talia's eyes. A brief purple light. And with a strength she shouldn't have had, she threw Malik on the ground. The word seemed to stop for a second. None of us moved, save for Malik, who slowly got up. Talia's lips curled into an arc of contempt, so vile. You know the way you look at a cockroach after you just stepped on it? The, the absolute scorn toward this crawling thing now forcing you to clean your own shoe. That, yeah, that was the look. I didn't give you that look. No. No, that, that wasn't you. And then you just, I mean, um, he, Samdi, he laughed. He laughed at Malik's face. <laughs> Meditation. You told her she could keep me away. Meditation. <laughs> Tiny, tiny little man, frowning in their little costumes. You are funny. I took a step forward, but Marcus put a hand on my shoulder. Oh, sister, is that you? Are you going to let your little toy look at me like that, Katerina? Let her go. I know there's nothing like a good fight on a Friday night, but I've been told witches have a fine ear. For once, I think the lucky man doesn't want to make a scene. Am I right? No one replied, we just didn't know what to do. Even Marcus seemed hesitant. I think he was used to deal with spirits and ghosts and demons, but a god? As grand as the circus seemed to be, I don't think he ever had to deal with a situation like that. Do you hear their whispers, Ringmaster? Don't make them wait. They might start to ask questions. <laughs> the show must go on, people. And then you just made your exit before anyone could stop you. Not a lot of people had realized what had happened. To the rest of the circus, it had just been a technical difficulty. So on his way out, Sandy made me touch the shoulder of a technician to say hi, blow a kiss to another, 
then wave at a couple of dancers, and I said, Good job, girls. Nobody knew a thing. He made me take my jacket off and left it on the ground without slowing down. How about we go out, he said. Just you and me, Talia. Get some real bonding time. I reached for an exit door and stepped into the night. It would have been Samar's job to go after you in normal circumstances, but since she was already on a hunt, we volunteered. And by then Marcus had seen what we were capable of, so... Boys, take your makeup off and gear up. Bring that girl back by the end of the night or the circus will have to move. If you fail, what happens? We don't come back. We find a hideout and wait for instructions. If nothing comes, we meet back at the rendezvous point in two weeks. Good. Burner phone? Got it. No weapons, no blood, no wings. Yes, yes sir. Marcus gazed upon us. He was in a position that none of us could understand, but ultimately his allegiance was to the circus. And if something threatened his sanctuary, then... I suddenly worried he might change his mind and send someone else for the job. Someone who would handle the Talia situation more permanently. But no. No, he nodded and said, Go then. How are we supposed to find her if I can't fly? And with an inimitable raise of the eyebrow, Marcus said she was at the bell tower. Obviously, it was the nearest nightclub. And judging from the contempt in his voice, he had made his fair share of mistakes in that place. He then dismissed us, and we ran back to our quarters to change out of our costumes. Nova's training outfits were in between casual clothing and tactical gear. I then opened the mini-fridge under my bed and took out two pouches of blood, about a pint each. You sure about that? Is that June's gun under your jacket? Yeah. Then yeah, I'm sure. Marcus is clever, but I bet he never had to outrun a bunch of bloodthirsty fanatic. He never was powerless. I nodded and made sure to better conceal my weapon. Now, what is the bell tower, you ask? Well, it's a four-story high nightclub built around or on the ruins of an old bell tower. I don't know the details, but I know that they kept the bell. They put it in the biggest room and people love taking pictures with it. And it does look great, you know, with all the lights and neons and shit. But why am I saying this? Because this was a Saturday night. And you have to understand that there was no way we would have gotten inside that club. The queue was ridiculous. God, this can't be real. Okay. Just, just give me a... <coughs> just give me a second. Are you okay? Running sucks, Elio. Running sucks so fucking much. I just... I can't believe this is how you get to places. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. Thanks. Do you see her? We're talking about a literal god of the party. Trust me. They jumped the queue. Shit. Yeah, so how do we get in? I don't even have my ID, man. I always get ID'd. I rolled my eyes, and thank God as I did, because a light high above caught my attention. A neon sign in the shape of a bell that said, Rooftop Bar. This place is huge. Wait, if there's a, a staff entrance, we can maybe try and- Hey, uh, Shinji? What? And I pointed up as a witch casually descended from the clouds directly onto the rooftop. Terrible idea. Terrible. Right, what was yours again? Force the staff entrance? Trigger every fucking alarm and create a panic? This is a nightclub, not a federal prison. What alarms are you talking about? I see floating stairs to the entrance and minor illusions around the bouncers. This place has a sorcery permit, which means it's owned or at least managed by a witch, so I'm not forcing any fucking door. So, descending from the sky on shining wings? How, how do you think that's gonna- Yeah, how high can you jump? Oh. Mm-hmm. That's... that's not much higher than the trapeze. I think it could work. Yeah, let's go. We went around a corner and stepped into a quiet back alley. 
I intended to stop walking and get a second look at the building, but Elio grabbed my arm and kept me moving. CCTV, top left, keep walking. Got it. We walked past the device and I gave Shinji an art. One of his wings sprung backward and cut the camera in half from Morvin's blind spot. Sharp. Yeah, so stop stealing my leftovers. Dude, how many to- I didn't eat your fucking teriyaki, okay? How do you know it was teriyaki? Okay, do you want to save Talia or not? Yeah, but you're cooking tomorrow. This- in a moment like that, this is what you're thinking about? We are always in a moment like that. Seriously. Okay, just jump. I'm waiting for you. I took a quick glance around, made sure nobody was watching, then joined Shinji. I turned him around, made him face the wall, then wrapped my arms underneath his shoulders and around his chest. Oof. What? Nothing, just never been held like that. Oh, I'm sure Samar won't mind. I'm sorry, what? My wings had grown since our arrival at Nova. <laughs> a lot. And for a jump like that, I needed their full span. I'm sure someone in the streets nearby must have seen a flash of light as we took to the sky. One impulse, and I made them disappear. In mid-air, letting the momentum carry us through. We got just over the banister and simply dropped onto the rooftop. We had a couple eyes on us, but nothing unusual, no suspicion. If you could fly, people just assumed you were a sorcerer. Okay. Is it going to be that easy? I, I've been meaning to come here. Why? It's a gay club, Elio. Oh. Do the math. The bouncers were wearing mesh. How... Dense can you be? I work in a circus. My gaydar is all over the- What was that about Samar? Mate, just ask her out. You never shut up about her. I'm her student. You know that that, that is bullshit. You're friends, and you both got, like, what, hundreds of years of baggage, so there's no weird power dynamic there. No, it's- I just- uh, I, uh, I- I- I what? I've seen you throw a fucking axe at her during training. If you can do that, you can ask her for a drink, man. I liked you better when your English was shit. And I liked you better when you had a spine. Now, there's hundreds of people in this place. How are we going to find her? Look over the ground floor, you do the top. If we don't find her, we meet back in the middle. 15 minutes. Got it. Be careful. Don't jinx it. I ran down to the stairs and only had to shove like two or three people out of my way before they started clearing up the path. The ground floor was the largest room of this venue. It's where thrown the old bell tower in the central stage. And on that stage, of course, I found Talia. I don't remember any of that. Well, let me tell you a bit more about you when you dance. And I mean you, not the Baron. You're quick, you're sharp, you can bend backward, forward, sideways, we get it. But even when you don't, when you barely swing your hips to the tempo or flick your wrists before a pose, all eyes are on you because there's something right about what you do. And I don't know what it is, but it's just right. And I think it's in the details. It's a strange equation between your body, your smile, your eyes, your hair. Every inch of you is in that dance. Most people just bounce around to rhythm, but you, you remind us why we write music. And that night, you made that club your church, T. You had a whole congregation cheering you on, and I can tell you I've seen your God. And all my determination vanished for a second, because you see that and you think, I, I can't do it. I can't stop this. It's an act of divine. It's beautiful. And she looks so happy strains of hair shining purple into the spotlights and, and tears tears rolling down her face as she laughs a laugh that isn't hers I was gone there was air in my lungs but I wasn't breathing I could hear my own voice but 
not my words my own body but he he took everything and he laughed as i cried surrounded by strangers cheering us on and then they grabbed your arm baron stopped looked at me but we didn't say a word to each other a purple spark ignited in his eyes and my tattoo flared in response and then i glanced to the left and let him follow my gaze the bouncer was looking at us warlock by the looks of it but the warning was clear if the baron wanted to fight he'd get one right here right now and his little night out would be over even if it meant being caught by the scu myself because you don't you don't negotiate with a god you risk it all and you brace yourself shall we take it outside then sister they broke from my grip and jumped towards the exit i ran after them and bolted out of the club and as soon as i was out the door I saw Talia hide behind one of the bouncers. Help! 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 Please help me! This man is chasing me, please! Two men, both warlocks, but if they were any good, they'd be SCU, so they probably relied on muscle more than witchcraft. Still, after being trained by Samara, I couldn't just risk it. If they're witches, don't let them talk. They're nothing without their spells. So I hit first. One of them tried to grab me, his hand the size of plates coming from my shoulders, and I slipped under his arms and hit twice. Stomach first. And as he bent under the pain, all the air sucked out of his lung, I elbowed his neck. A fight is a dance. No movement without meaning. Each step part of something greater. The goal is not to hit with every punch. It's to set up the one that counts. I know that I had my back turned to him. I knew the second bouncer would try and tackle me. Already my hips rotated and my legs swiped the air. It hammered the second bouncer in the jaw, throwing him on the floor. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, sister. And again they ran. We ventured inside London's dark alley, lit only by those strange phosphorescent vines and trees, and in retrospect, I should have known better. Talia had always been faster and stronger by a mile, so if I was able to follow them like that, it's because he let me. They turned around a corner, stepped into an impasse, and finally they stopped. You really want me, don't you? No, we're not gonna talk. Just come a little closer and let me settle that with you. Child, trust me. There's not enough blood in you for this fight. Try. Try and hit me. See if she lets you. I barely had time to react. I raised my guard up and emptied an entire pouch of blood. The red decor flowed from under my jacket and swallowed my arms in a pair of red gauntlets. Talia's dagger stuck to this new armor and the Baron raised an eyebrow. Dry blood, I said as the gauntlet's dark and more sustainable. When powers awaken in dangerous situations, it tends to trigger our strongest abilities, what should only be used in a matter of life and death. Your shield is a perfect defense, but the cost is extremely high. What we're gonna do is try to find what else you can do with blood. As dense as stone, the armor also didn't consume blood once it was set. The dagger had badly dented it, but I was left unharmed. I saw the Baron try to call back his weapon, and then frown, because it didn't budge. Instead, my gauntlet slowly swallowed it, as new blood came for repair. Oh, did you want that back? Your little toys are always so arrogant, sister. Don't come crying after I break this one. I immediately understood I had fucked up. As soon as they moved. Between Malik's training and Samdi's abilities, it's a miracle I didn't get my skull crushed. 
Simon D fought like a storm, collecting their own safety, their own guards, because they knew I wouldn't hit back. Not like I would an enemy. My plan was to try and lure them into a hold, incapacitate them somehow, but I had vastly overestimated my abilities. They were faster, stronger, the movements completely unpredictable, almost illogical. It was like it was like fighting a drunk and a master at the same time. I would brace for a jab and get hit by a kick instead. From the leg they should have been standing on. There was no trying to adapt, no strategy to put in place. I had no chance in this fight. Any moment now and they would land a hit, I had to do something. I had to find a way. I had to... I had to... The blood shield deployed and Talia was thrown back a couple meters. They landed on their feet, smiling. My second pouch was empty. And they knew. Fuck. See, I don't understand why you go through so much trouble. You could have a god on your side against the old man, but instead you fight for the little girl, afraid of her own strength. I stopped listening. The next assault will be the last, so why bother talking to me? And that made me look a little closer at the way Samdi stood, how his smile had slowly disappeared and how his shoulders jittered slightly. He wasn't fully in control, he was still fighting Talia for every move, and she was wearing him down. All she needed was a little push. Just one. So I exhaled. Deeply. Caution wasn't helping my friend. I couldn't... I couldn't afford thinking. I couldn't afford... Mercy. Oh? You got someone to impress, little toy? I didn't reply. I just put my guard up. And I let them come. This time I didn't fight the storm. I stepped aside, disengaged slightly, and made them chase me, and I felt more than I saw the next hook. I had a thousand eyes watching them, a thousand lives of experience that made it so much easier to read their body. I spun around in the opposite direction, breaking the first fucking rule in every fight, never give them your back. Unless, of course, you just led them against a wall, and you can just... The blood shield surged from my body and slammed Talia against the building, and my friend collapsed on the ground. I slowly got down on one knee, head spinning, trying to control the trembling of my arms as my body dealt with the blood loss. God, thank you. T, can you hear me? Can you hear me? You okay? What? A dumbass question. Okay. Okay, we're okay. We're okay. Wait, don't move, don't move. Concussion. I'm fine. Good bones. <laughs> You're a fucking bat. I'm... My arms gave up. And I fell back down, struck down by exhaustion. Somebody never tires, but my body is human. I panicked when I saw you faint, and the adrenaline gave me the second wind I needed. I reached to check your pulse and sighed in relief. You were fine. It's all gonna be okay. Shit, Shinji. Hello? Helio, is, is everything okay? Where are you? I'm good, I'm good, we're good. So sorry. We... Yeah, yeah, she, she's fine now. I'm... She's fine. I'm gonna find a cab and get her back to Nova. Sorry, she, she, she ran out. I, I had to go after her. I didn't think. I, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Just glad you're okay. Meet you back 
Yeah. Great, see that. <sighs> okay. I got up, made sure my balance was stable, and then I reached to try and lift Talia. But I never got to. From the corner of my eyes, I saw a dark silhouette jump into the alley, and the ground suddenly split under my feet. I got swallowed by the pavement up to the neck as a warlock in SCU gear ran past me and went to check on Talia. She's breathing! He looked behind his shoulder at the second officer stood on top of the wall to my left, the one whose power I could feel rippling through the ground. Process that guy, I'm getting her to A&E. And the officer took Talia in his arms as one of the strange wooden glider came floating towards him. No, 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 wait, wait, I know her. She's, she's my friend. Thank you for listening to Desperado. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, thanks to Tammy Ige and Tibet Boyer for voicing Talia and Shinji, respectively. Thanks as well to Owen Gardner for voicing Marcus and Kautar Morchedi for voicing Samar. If you'd like to discover more shows like ours, you can visit our network's platform, aia.com. The latest production, King Kirby, follows the life of the man who created the Avengers, Fantastic Four, the X-Men, launching several multi-billion dollar franchises but the most incredible fights of his life happened outside the pages of his comics. This series asks, what happens when an artist doesn't own his legacy and can he ever get it back? I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and stay tuned for our next episode.